Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that's making sure its coffee is not in the shot, and I'm thankful for the lower thirds. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, all of the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. She makes us sound good every single day, except for the day she doesn't. She's the Duchess of Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Factually, that seems accurate. I was going to say, yeah, that that sounds like something you'd do. Um, By the way, if you're interested, September 29th, 2020, 2020, we did a show. Dennis and Coach Chad Rogers was on. We talked with Craig Way and more. That was episode 1037. But today... It's Thursday, September 29th, 2022. 56 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Kevin Durant. Oh, nice. Episode 1467. I'm not going to say anything else about Kevin Durant because he will chirp at me on Twitter. This is true. On today's show, folks, big show, big show, big show. We're going to count down the top 10 Texas high school football games to watch this week. A couple of big ones. It's a thinner slate, but we've got 10 bangers to, to bring you and to talk about. Then... About 12.20, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the unbeaten 5-0 Bushland Falcons, yeah. Coach Josh Reynolds. Um, they've put together a really nice resume suddenly. They've got a win over Canadian. They've got a win over Childress. And then last week, they went to Dumas and got a win. Now, they welcome in unbeaten El Paso Riverside. Uh, and I am excited to talk with Coach Josh Reynolds of Bushland coming up here in a little bit. And then back half of the show, we got the picks, my high school football predictions for week six of the Texas high school football season. And then we're going to round it all out with Craven Betts. Mike Craven is here to offer his financial advice for what you should do with your units in the college football gambling space this week. So stay tuned for that. Do we have first four through the door we sure do it was tony blaylock coach terry crawford nick morton and rob hadaway welcome in fellas welcome in everybody um who's abbott got this week i don't abbott know. has oh. got borden county that's right they borden played tonight. tonight borden county tonight yeah very cool computer likes abbott that seems right i like abbott too all right pickle it's week six of the texas high school football season starts tonight Tonight, gonna get some games on TexanLive.com if you want to go stream those games. 
Uh, but there are big games across every corner of the state, despite it being a large open date. A lot of, as we mentioned, 33% of the state is off this week, but we do still have some bangers to bring you uh, mm-hmm. all across the state of Texas. Without further ado, let's roll out the top 10 Texas high school football games this week. We're going to start in the middle, 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night in Refurio as the unbeaten Three Rivers Bulldogs. When's the last time you said that? <laughs> Been a minute, but the unbeaten Three Rivers Bulldogs uh, take on travel to take on District Foe Refurio. I'll tell you this about about Three Rivers. They're five and zero, and I don't think they're a cheap five and zero. Right? Mm-hmm. They've beaten Taft, which I think is a good win. They handed Banchetti their only loss of the year, uh, and that opener over Fall City was really impressive. But we'll find out everything over the next two weeks because tonight they're at or tomorrow night they're at Refurio, and a week from tomorrow they're hosting Shiner. So we'll know. <laughs> Light now, schedule, huh? <laughs> now, now, this is a Three Rivers team that I think has has looked pretty complete to start the year. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this Bulldog squad. Uh, specifically, you know, the defense has been very strong to start the year. And they've got a, a quarterback. They've got a quarterback in junior quarterback, uh, Caden Solis, who I think has been a real star, a real breakout star for them. They've got another junior uh, in, uh, in in Caden Inman, who's been their star, uh, star running back. Their receivers are all juniors. This is a young, young, young team. So this may be a precursor for what may be an even bigger year next year. But we're going to find out a lot about them, what they do this tonight because it's or tomorrow night rather as they take on a refurio team uh that uh, any concerns you had about their uh for opening week loss to hitchcock you can file those away uh in a uh, in a file marked uh don't pay attention to these um because they've looked excellent ever since the defense has really rounded into form I, their signature win for me right now is that win a couple weeks ago uh at edna where they beat a 3a division one team a good 3a division one team uh by 18 points uh now they're 1-0 in district looking to move to 2-0 uh you know and, and stay on track for what could be a real heavy hitting matchup with refure or with uh, with shiner there in week nine so big game there in refurio as number five refurio welcomes in Three Rivers. Top left, let's go. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Lorraine. I think you can make an argument this is the game of the week. Mm -hmm. As the number one team in 1A Division II, the Benjamin Mustangs take on the number five team in 1A Division II, the Lorraine Bulldogs. Now, these are probably two teams we probably haven't talked enough about to start the year, considering their rankings. Mm -hmm. Part of it is that Benjamin, Benjamin had trouble finding finding uh let's say victims yes um they've run through teams that frankly they're just a lot better than and they've treated them appropriately right they they have been they're winning by an average margin of 72 points and remember there's a 45 point mercy rule mm-hmm. in this in this league and grayson rigdon is playing correct uh I believe so. so. I think so. Grayson Rigdon was uh, was injured a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I don't know his status as of the moment. I know that it wasn't considered to be super duper serious, mm-hmm. but we don't know. You know, it's not like not like they were saying. Oh no, he snapped his leg in half. He's, right. He's out for the well, year. Well, yeah, and that's bad news for the rest of one A Division Two. Is if they're still blowing past people without him, um, there's <laughs> pain but, to oh be for had. sure now. But here's the thing: I think there's an argument to be made that this is the first team that can actually punch him in the mouth. Yeah, that's they true. Play, they play teams that, frankly, I think they're just a lot better than. And this is a Lorraine team that, if you're unfamiliar with Jake Popham's squad, this team is for real, and they are tested. They've got a win over Klondike. They've got a win over Ira. Uh, those are two pretty signature wins for them. Uh, now they get an opportunity to kind of stake their claim as arguably the team to beat in one A Division Two. You know, there's other good 
good teams. Richmond Springs is rolling right now. But I think for Lorraine, this is a team with an opportunity to make some noise. And I'm very interested to see what happens when this high-powered Benjamin offense takes on what has been a very sturdy Lorraine defense. And furthermore, first real test for this Benjamin defense, because this, 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 this Lorraine offense, uh, led by A.J. Williams, is a, is a, he's the name to know for this squad. He's already got 18 rushing touchdowns on the year. I'm very excited about this, this six-man game, 1A Division Two tomorrow night in Lorraine. <clears throat> How about tonight, 7 o'clock Thursday night in Houston as C.E. King visits Galena Park North Shore, the number one team, the new number one team in uh, 6A uh, in a game there in uh, at Galena Park IC Stadium. Uh, this is a this is a, another interesting district test here in District 21-6A. You know, I think it's easy to get all caught up in basically North Shore and Atascocita and North Shore and Atascocita. But don't forget that I think very clearly, you know, depending on what you think of Summer Creek, mm-hmm. I think C.E. King looks like the third best team in that district. I agree. C.E. King, I get it very strong. You know, they had that, they've had such a weird, that weird start to the year mm-hmm. where they blew out Crosby and then they got smoked by Allen. And you're like, okay, well, what now? Since then, they've kind of steadied and they've figured out exactly what they are. This is a, this is a pretty high flying offense. Uh, I think that you know their offense. I think is really impressive, and and what they've been able to do, uh, most notably with their uh, with their uh, their running game. Their running game has been very strong, uh, led by Keith Willis Jr. He's been their star, and then they've got a dual threat quarterback they're rolling out there in Denham Johnson that I think has been a real breakout star. But this is a North Shore team that looks like a different animal. They look like a different beast. And and the way that they're they're playing offensively, defensively, in every phase of the game, uh, they look like they could be one of the very best North Shore teams we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. They're not impervious to, to, to pain, but I do think that they've got to be the favorite in this game. We'll find out a lot more about exactly how C.E. King stacks up against the real big dogs, um, you know, uh, when they take on uh, when they take on this North Shore team tonight. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Stephenville. It's the 78th meeting of the Battle of 377 as the number one team in 4A Division won the Stephenville Yellow Jackets. Welcome in arch-rival Brownwood, uh, who is uh, number nine in the rankings. I've said my piece about Stephenville before. Mm-hmm. Um, that defense is troubling. Uh, the offense is incredible. Yes. It's incredible. It's That's like, how they keep winning. It's maybe... All things considered, it might be the best offense pound per pound in the state. It's unbelievable. Which they're doing without their star senior quarterback, exactly. Ryder Lambert. Ryder Lambert's been hurt, I believe, with a broken foot has been the, the issue with them. I mean, when you take a look at what they've been doing offensively, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, they're averaging more than 52 points per game. Mm-hmm. Like, as Gaga's were going over, like, Galena Park North Shore, they're averaging, they're, they are averaging more or as many points as mm-hmm. Galena Park North Shore in, in, per game. I mean, they've been spectacular. The issue for me is on their defensive side because their defense has been quite bad. Their defense is giving up 46 points per game. Okay, They are the only team with a winning record in, in 5A Division. Or rather, so here's, here's a complete list of teams that are giving up 40-plus points per game in 4A Division One with a winning record. Ready? Laferia is 3-2, and two, and Stephenville. And yep. Stephenville is giving up four more points per game than Lafaria. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are fifth from the bottom in 4A Division One in, in defense. Which is so backwards from the state championship team that we saw last year. Oh, yeah. Year. Last year, their defense held them in a lot of the games. So here's Brownwood. Brownwood coming off of, I thought, a really complete performance against Waco Conley. Their defense has been very consistent. Yes. Sammy Burnett's got them playing. And I think this quarterback, Ike Hall, has stepped up in a big way. Mm-hmm. A lot of this comes down to whether, and like, if this gets into a shootout, Brownwood's not built to get into a shootout. No. Their offense is good, but it's not Stephenville good. Right. 
but so they've got to win with their defense. They've got to come up with stops and then just kind of cash in whenever they can. Um, I'm very excited to see how this one shakes out. Um, we'll talk about this more in the picks video, but this is this is a game to keep an eye on there in the Battle of 377. 7 o'clock Friday night in Grapevine. Live on TexanLive.com. Let's go. A top 10 matchup in 5A Division 2. It's the Battle of the Red Rail as the Grapevine Mustangs take on the Colleyville Heritage Panthers and two teams that I think are kind of bobbing along in 5A Division 2 and just doing what they need to do to stay in the rankings. Mm -hmm. Like, Grapevine's got one loss, but it's Argyle, right? And it was a relatively competitive loss to them. I thought that they played particularly, you know, pretty well in that game. And their offense uh, has been very, very strong to start the year. Um, They have been... I'm very excited to see what this offense is able to do um, in in this particular game because this is an offense, most notably with the the, the playmakers they've got. I think that Kai Pruitt, their their receiver, has been very strong, and then they've got uh, I think a really they I believe they settled on the the, the junior quarterback uh, Luke Ulrich to be their QB. Yes, and he's been very strong as well. Taking on a grapevine team, um, taking on a grapevine team that was Colleyville Heritage. This is a you know this is this taking on a, a Colleyville Heritage team rather that for me their best result of the year. I mean it, it kind of depends on what you think of Ennis because they've got a, a win mm-hmm. at Ennis which is no mean feat. Right, but. They are now, but their their best result, I think, is what was a pretty close loss um, to Texas High. To Texas High, they hung in that game for about three quarters before Texas High pulled away there. Texas, but this is a big test for both these teams. A lot of uh, a lot of emotions in this game. Mm-hmm. This was, of course, a Valley Sports Southwest game last year. We saw the emotions in this game. Well, Park and it's the first time that this one's a, a district game too. Yeah. And it's a district game too, so it's a lot on the line. And I do think this because is a district... what Colleyville moved down. Yeah, I do think this is the four or five A Division two championship game, in mm-hmm. my opinion. With all due respect to. Uh, another game we'll get to in the picks. And it's funny right. because this is technically the first home game for Colleyville Heritage mm-hmm. of the year, but it's at the stadium that these two teams yep. share as their home stadium. Right. So that's just a fun little nugget. It is. <laughs> 7 o'clock Friday night in Bushland. We're about to talk to the head coach of the Bushland Falcons, the number five team in 3A Division One, as they welcome in an unbeaten squad from 4A in El Paso, Riverside. If you're unfamiliar with this Riverside team, they're not an accident. No, they're this, good. <laughs> this team's for real, and they've got a playmaker that is going to drop your jaw in Speedy Munoz. Speedy Munoz has been really fun to watch in this uh, over the course of his career. Uh, the, the quarterback is uh, thrown for eight touchdowns. He's run for another eight touchdowns. He has been a star in the making. Uh, this is a, But they're making a long trip to Bushland, up to Potter County, to take on a Bushland team that we mentioned has a pretty impressive resume. Wins over Canadian and wins over Dumas, uh, I think, have really buoyed them. Their quarterback, their junior quarterback Dawson Jaco has stepped up in a big way. Keep an eye on this game because I think we'll find out a lot about these two undefeated squads tonight or tomorrow night in Bushland. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Maynard. The Maynard Mustangs welcome in the number 17 team in 6A, the Austin Vandegrift Vipers. Uh, look, uh, this is... Uh, okay. Th- I think this is a prove-it game for, for Maynard. Yes. They're 4-0. And they're rolling, and there's a lot to like about this team. They've got the win over LBJ. Mm-hmm. They've got a win over San Antonio Cornerstone, who's always a very good private school team. And I'll tell you that the next two weeks, Vandergrift and Round Rock will tell the tale. Quentin Joyner has been a star for them. I think their defense is really underrated simply because everyone talks about the running game. Right. 
But this is a huge game as they take on a Vandegrift squad that shook off that, you know, that we they, they got beat by Dripping Springs in the week one. And I think we all kind of like hovered our hand over the panic button. Mm-hmm. But since then, they've righted the ship. And a lot of it has had to do with that offense has really figured out exactly what they, they are. Brayden Buchanan, their quarterback, has been great. The defense has been pretty consistently strong, which mm-hmm. is going to be, that's the real showcase matchup here, is can the Vandegrift defense, which has been very strong all consistently, can they slow down Quentin Joyner and this Maynard attack? Well, and for me too, this doesn't just tell, like you said, they've got next week against Round Rock as well that will really decide. I think those are easily the top three teams in that District 25-6A, but I honestly think that if Maynard can pull this out, they're not only going to solidify themselves as probably the front runners in that district. I think at that point, that kind of sends signals to Region 4 because Mm -hmm. the likelihood of them going D2 and possibly being able to kind of run that would be high very yep. high i think that you're right so uh, a lot to learn from this district uh, this district showdown uh, especially i think on the mainer side that's a team to keep an eye on 730 friday night in wall the number 10 team in 3a division two the wall hawks welcome in a a two-way power in mason and look, it's funny because we haven't really talked a ton about Mason this year. Um, this is a this is a Mason ball club, and and part of it I think is because they lost their opener. Mm-hmm. They lost to Coleman seven to six. Now, you're familiar with Coleman. Mm-hmm. They played your beloved Ye- Lano Yellow Jackets. They did. Would you say that Coleman's a pretty good ball club? Yes. And at the time, I don't think we knew how good of a ball club Coleman was yes. when they lost to him. I think that I think that that is a loss, especially a one point loss that has aged very well, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Since then, they've been rolling. Their defense has been very strong, uh, and of course, that that running game which, in the wing tee has been the the calling card. Ryan Todd, kind of the junior, kind of leading the way for this Mason team. Now they go on the road to Wall. And take on a a wall team that is you know they're doing their thing on the ground again. I mean they're they're averaging six and a half yards a carry uh, with guys like Nathan Pepper and guys like Garrett Guy. Uh, they're they're kind of running toting the mail for them. This has been a really impressive start for this wall ball club. Uh, they have started the year. Let's see, their one who's their one loss to uh, Cisco, a four point loss against Cisco. Now, that's a 2A team, but at the same time, I think that's a pretty darn good 2A team, state-ranked mm-hmm. 2A team. Uh, and since then, they have been very strong. They beat Jim Ned 3 nothing. Yeah. <laughs> defense because, has been very sure. good. <laughs> but that is. But remember, when you think about Wall, the running game feeds the defense. So mm-hmm. excited to see what happens there. 7 o'clock tonight in Katy. Live on TexanLive.com. Let's go. The number five team in 6A, the Katy Tigers. Welcome in. The Warriors of Katie Jordan. And if this is the first time you've ever heard of Katie Jordan, allow me to get you up to speed. This is a first-year UIL varsity program. And I am here to tell you, I think they're for real. Okay? Last week, they beat Katie Pato. And they didn't just beat Katie Pato. They mulched Katie Pato. 41 to 13, a dominant effort over them. Their offense has been spectacular. The defense has not been far behind. I think that what you're seeing from uh, Mike Rabe's squad has been re- is 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 for real. I think they are. I think they're a real contender to make up to grab a playoff spot uh, here. Now we know what they're dealing with. Mm. They're going. They're going and taking on the number five team in the state and the team that's run that district forever in in the Katy Tigers. And I don't think I have any illusions that Jordan's going to go beat Katie, right? Seth Spiller, their running back, has been spectacular. They're throwing the ball actually pretty well, and their defense, I think, is rounding into form. But this is a real measuring stick uh, for this team. And and I think that 
you know, for Colin Willett's the quarterback, uh, and and for Chad Gaspar the, the running back. This is a team, obviously, as a first year UIL program, they're very very young, mm-hmm. but they're ahead of schedule. They're and big too. They really mm-hmm. are. This is going to be a real, like. Line like like this is a, a, a line of demarcation here that we're going to learn exactly where Katie Jordan is in their program development when they get to measure up against against the the big boys right they get to measure up against Katie. It also helps too, like you mentioned, kind of getting a pulse on where Katie Payto is too, because oh, that yeah. was a program I think that we just had questions mm-hmm. about. You know, you're moving up to six A. How is it gonna How is it gonna shake out? What are they for real again? And if if they go out there and Katie Jordan is able to. You know, if they get blown out, then yes. you're worried yes. about Peyto. Yes, I would agree. And finally, 7 o'clock Friday night in Magnolia. The number 16 in 5 of Division One, the Richmond Foster Falcons, go on the road to take on Magnolia West in a game that I think has an opportunity to be a real low-scoring slugfest. Two good defenses in this one. If you're not paying attention to Richmond Foster's defense, you are missing out. This defense has been fantastic with Demetrius Godfrey and Christopher Gore. Uh, this Mustangs defense has been very strong as well, making big splash plays with Tyler Harsh and Clayton O'Hearn. A lot of this comes down to how well Magnolia West can contain Ashton Ojaku. Ashton Ojaku for Richmond Foster is the real deal. This kid's awesome, and he's going to be the single individual best playmaker on the field in a District 10-5A Division One that does not have a ton of margin for error. You've got to make sure you win this game if you're Magnolia West, or else you start, or for both these teams, really, you start questioning whether or not you're getting into the playoffs because it's a deep, dangerous district. So those are the top 10 Texas high school football games this week. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, can we talk about our friends at Honda? We sure can. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the North Texas Honda dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Congratulations to Chris Steele at Colleyville Heritage High School uh, for being the recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda dealers. Thank you for being helpful in your community. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. And congratulations once again to Chris Steele of Colleyville Heritage High School, the recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda Dealers. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support. VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Every... 
high school athlete wants to play on the big stage and every parent wants their child to be the best, but is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Dave Campbell today. Download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletes, athletes.com athletes.athletes.com slash Dave Campbell. Or scan that QR. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's welcome in the head coach of the state-ranked, undefeated Bushland Falcons up there in Potter County. We're joined by Coach Josh Reynolds. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. How are things in beautiful, windy Bushland, Texas? Oh, it's actually actually a pretty nice day today. The winds, you know, knock on wood, have been been pretty low. So just a nice day up in the Panhandle. I was going to say because because we got we got word. Uh, Matt Step told me he goes he goes. I got to be honest. I think Bushland might be the windiest place in Texas. Do you, can, can, <laughs> can you can you vouch for this? There's a good chance for sure. Whatever, you know, out here, there's nothing really stop the wind. So whatever is blowing in Amarillo, you can add about another five miles an hour to it. So it's probably, it probably, unfortunately, it probably ranks up there as one of the windiest places around. Well, uh, regardless of what the weather's been doing, it hasn't slowed you guys down. You guys are off to a 5-0 and start, uh, a torrid pace. And, and I want, what I want to do is I want to go back to the game in, in, in week two when you guys took on Canadian. And uh, there's a Canadian program. Program that at this point needs no introduction, but you guys are a program that has had some pretty decent success against this Canadian team. You guys go out there and you, in many ways, dominate them. D- d- did that feel like uh, an early turning point for your for your ball club whenever you were able to go and, and play such a good team like that? I think, yeah, anytime that you play a good team, especially a great team and great program like Canadian, you know, you're always going to be tested. And, you know, that was the second week of the season. We we felt like we, you know, had a chance to have a pretty good team. And, you know, the way we were able to come out and and play and execute and kind of get after it, that, you know, that game against Canadian, I think, you know, made us realize, hey, you know, we, we have a chance. You know, there's a lot of teams that have a chance, but we just got to keep on improving. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, I think we, we did some good things in that game. Uh, Canadian, you know, probably did some things that are uncharacteristic of, you know, Canadian teams and things went our way. The ball bounced our way a few times, so. Uh, but I think it gave us confidence, you know, you know, moving forward that hey, if we keep if we keep working hard and and trying to get better each week, you know, we have a chance to be pretty good. Um, and then, of course, last week you guys go uh, on the road and take on a different challenge, and going on the road to a team that that's larger, a four A team, uh, and 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 Dumas, and a team that in many respects like. That, that's a tough place to play. It's not only a tough road trip for you guys about an hour north, but also it's a tough place to play. Uh, what did you learn about your ball club last week with that win over Dumas? Well, yeah, I thought I thought you know we really were real physical on the lines, offensive and defensive lines. I think if you know anything about Dumas, you know and what they've done and Coach Dunham, they've done such a good job of instilling that in their in their program is, you know, just being you know playing with physicality that. You know they're going to be more physical than everybody they play on Friday nights, and that's what we want to do as well. And uh, you know, at least last Friday, I felt like we were the more physical football team. So I, 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 you know, to answer your question, I think we learned that 
we can play different styles of football, you know, and, and that's what, it, to me, that's what it takes, you know, throughout the course of a season is you're going to play different ball clubs. You're going to play teams that do different things. Number one, you got to worry about yourself. And that's what we're trying to do is, you know, not so much our opponent. We're trying to just improve ourselves and find ways to win different types of ball games, whether that's a low scoring game, a high scoring game, a, you know, maybe more of a finesse spread type game or maybe one that you got to be more physical and, you know, get down in the trenches. You know, I, I felt like our offensive and defensive lines really stepped up and, and played well last week. Talking with Josh Reynolds, the head coach of the Bushland Falcons here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF Today. Coach, it's hard not to notice what your your junior quarterback, Dawson Jaco, is doing. And this is a guy who um, had never started a game coming into this year. I mean, he's basically, in, in many respects, he's probably more known as a baseball star up there in Bushland. Uh, but here he stepped into this role into an offense that, you know, certainly correct me if I'm wrong, but asks a lot of their quarterback. Um, yeah. I, I have to imagine that. I, I'm, I'll leave it to you. What he's done so far has has it has it surprised even you? No, you know I think you know we we knew we I thought, we thought Dawson was going to be pretty special. You know, just through the years watching him play quarterback, not just quarterback, but playing. He's a multi-sport athlete, and you know he's just always had this you know uh, composure to him. You know that little it, I guess, that a coach is looking for, where you know not only is a is he a great player in, in everything he does, but he's a competitor. He's somebody that I think uh, the kids look up to as far as just being able to, you know, step in any situation, you know, in any sport, and and lead, you know, lead by example, lead his teammates, make them better. So yeah, Dawson's done a great job for us, and I think, you know, we just felt like you know if, if he could step up which we thought he could he, he's got great players around him too and he'd be the first to tell you that he's got some good offensive weapons and offensive line is playing really well so uh you know he's done a good job of you know not only leading our offense but leading our team the other thing uh, on, on the other side of the ball is you take a look at, at the way that your defense is playing this is a defense giving up just 12 points a game and, and that's not to say you know they played some high-powered offenses and they've held them in check what is it about the defense right now that has you guys clicking so well we're just so aggressive you know i think you watch us play you know live or you know on film I, our defense is just so we play really fast you know uh faster than we what we look in the spring sometimes on the track but uh you know when we get out there on friday nights i, I feel like our our coaches have really done a good job of having our kids step out there with a clear mind and you know we know exactly what to do and that's part of you know only, only part of the equation is knowing what to do and doing it as fast and physical as possible and I think our kids are being uh, real physical and we're just attacking on the defensive side. I want to ask you a little bit about your schedule because you guys are, are in the interesting uh, situation where you have the week 11 open date uh, so 10 straight games and then a week off before, you know, hopefully a playoff run, right? Um, right. How do, you, how do you approach that? How do you go about kind of, uh, and I'm sure it's tougher on the coaches as it is for the players because the players just want to get out there and play, but how do, you, how do you kind of, how does that change things for you knowing that you're not going to get a week off until you're getting right into the playoffs, but then that might be the time you need the week off the most? Right. Well, unfortunately, we have some experience with it because this is our third year in a row mm. to have this, and next year will be four years in a row. So the last two realignments, you know, the, the, the last time I blamed it on my defense coordinator because he's the one that drew uh, from the hat at realignment day, and so I got to blame it on him. Then this, this past realignment, I drew it, and oh. I, I pulled the last – 
by. So I can't blame it on anybody else now at this point. But, yeah, you know, it's not ideal, not in you know, my opinion. I think we'd like to have that by either going into district or sometime during district. But uh, to answer your question, I think you just, you know, I think we have to be intelligent as coaches, you know, and understand where our kids are uh, both mentally and physically. Uh, you're going to have – you're going to have injuries. You're going to have nagging injuries. You're going to have bumps and bruises throughout the course of the season. And we don't have the benefit of having that healing up week, you know, right before district or during district. So, you know, we have to, you know, if we need to call upon some JV kids to come up, you know, for a week or two or whatever, you know, we, we've done that a little bit already. Uh, we, we, as far as practice goes, well, I think we have to be smart about how we practice, uh, maybe limit some of the full contact that we have. And, uh, you know, just, just treat our kids. You know, we got to get to Friday nights. You know, we have to know what we're doing. The bottom line is we got to get to Friday night healthy as we can be. So I think that's mostly up to coaches, to be honest with you, just to kind of know and understand where our kids are at and, and make sure that we get the Friday night healthy as possible. Well, speaking of Friday night, this Friday night, you guys uh, get some out-of-towners uh, in, in, in the Bushland as the unbeaten El Paso Riverside Rangers come calling. Um, and this is a, a obviously a unique matchup. It's one of only six matchups of unbeaten teams in UIL this week. And... Uh, it's one of those matchups that I imagine comes about because you're both in five team districts and uh, week six non-district games are kind of hard to come by. Um, but you guys are certainly going to get a challenge tomorrow night against a good uh, Riverside Rangers squad. I'm interested. I don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you're going to be up against on Friday night at Falcon Stadium, uh, what do you see? Sure. Yeah, they're they're a really good football team. I mean, obviously they're sitting at five and zero like we are. Uh, you know, it doesn't take long. You turn on the film to watch. First thing that stands out is their quarterback, uh, really good athlete. You know, he's a good, he's got a good arm, but he's very athletic, fast, makes guys miss, and he does a little bit of everything. You know, he plays quarterback. They'll even put him at receiver a little bit, uh, kick returner, punt returner. He punts as well. Uh, you know, we've only seen th- them have three punts on the films we have, so they're pretty good offensively. So, uh, you know, I think you got to look at him and the running back. There's kind of the guys that, you know, they lean on, and they're both good. And then you look at their lines. They have some big kids in the line, you know, that, you know, are physical and move people around. So, you know, they're 5-0 and for a reason. You know, they're a, a really good football team, be a good challenge for us. Like you said, a 4AD1 school coming in. Uh you know, it, it'll be a good football game, I think. He's Josh Reynolds. He's the head coach of the unbeaten Bushland Falcons, welcoming in El Paso Riverside tomorrow night at Falcon Stadium. Coach, we sure appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the fantastic start, and uh, best of luck tomorrow night and down the road. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. Josh Reynolds, head coach of the Bushland Falcons, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Uh, yeah, big matchup there, and I think he's right. Like, it, there, there is... There's certainly some people who would say, ah, it's a team from El Paso. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad he's not overlooking them because this is a good Riverside ball club. Yeah, I like that he said that the moment you turn on the film, you can see that. Because yeah. I think that if you might still think that a little bit if it didn't jump right out to you, mm-hmm. but the fact that you notice it instantly, it's like, oh, wow, no. okay, hang on. This seems legit. <laughs> what no. is this? Riverside's legit and a team to keep an eye on out there in, in 4A. Um, but Bushland has been, I, I think, uh, again, I go back to last week against the, the, two, the two wins for – the Canadian win, mm-hmm. and then the the Dumas, the Dumas win. one was to it go for me. On the road to a bigger school and to really play bully ball with them mm-hmm. and kind of beat them soundly. 
awfully impressive. And if Region 1 of 3A Division 1 is opening up, because mm-hmm. if Brock is, is vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Bushland is certainly a team that can take advantage of that. So. I believe, too, what did, did Step say that uh, Riverside is making the eight-hour trip today, today and then staying the night for the game tomorrow? Which is probably smart. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, a, that's a long time on a bus to get out and then oh, try and go run. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd have bad knees. I hope they're cutting across New Mexico. Like, I, yes. I, appreciate, I appreciate the idea of trying to stay within the borders. Like, yes, of course, but it's the straight line. Just go straight Just through New go. Mexico, guys. <laughs> We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. This week's spotlight game features the Highland Park Scots and the Dallas Jesuit Rangers, where we'll be spotlighting two Sustainability Champions Award winners, Jack True at Highland Park and Colton Power at Jesuit. Thank you to Takis for your support of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. All right, Pickle. It starts tonight. It starts in about six hours. Week six. Woo! Week six of the Texas high school football season. You heard the lady. Uh, I made a couple of predictions about the biggest games. Here's the picks. My high school football predictions for week six of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. We're at the midway point of the 2022 Texas high school football regular season, and district races are already heating up. These are the picks. Welcome into the Picks, your guide to the Texas High School Football Weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. Week 6 of the 2022 Texas High School Football season is um, going to be a little bit thinner. Okay, this is the biggest open date of the year. More than a third of the Texas high school football teams are taking the week off, resting up, healing up for this final push into the back half of the regular season, and then hopefully into the playoffs. So it's a thinner slate. There's a lot of teams missing, but if you dig a little bit, there's a lot of really, really big games across the state with huge playoff implications, and we're gonna find out a lot about some of these contenders. Big games in every corner of the state this week. We start in Houston. 7 o'clock Friday night at Mustang Stadium in Magnolia. It is a critical District 10-5A Division I showdown as the Magnolia West Mustangs welcome in the Richmond Foster Falcons. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Foster's ferocious defense. And when I say ferocious, I mean exactly that. This is a Falcons defense that's allowing just 4.2 points per game to start the year. That is tied for fourth in all of UIL 11-man football. They have been absolutely sensational defense. Defensively, led by a number of their big playmakers like Christopher Gore. This defense is humming, flying to the football, making big plays, and making it particularly difficult on the opponent's best player. For Magnolia West, that probably means that it's going to be tough sledding for running back Terry Daniels, but he's had an outstanding start to his season. He's got that ability to turn one small gain into a big one. That's going to be something Foster's going to need to watch. Uh, Magnolia West has been cycling through a pair of quarterbacks, and so my question is, are they going to be able to find some consistency there. So, with Magnolia West going up against one of the best defenses in the state, what happens? 
Key number two, the Mustang Splash Plays. So this is a Mustang's defense that maybe doesn't have the numbers that Richmond Foster's defense has, but what they do have is splash plays. They come up with big, game-changing defensive plays that swing the game in their favor. For example, they've got 18 sacks on the year, right? Uh, they have five forced fumbles. I think it's 26 tackles for loss. This is a playmaking defense that, yeah, they give up some points, but at the same time, when it needs the big play, they come up with it, led by guys like Tyler Harsh. Now, they're up against a big challenge this week, going up against Richmond Foster and their star running back, Ash Nojaku. He has been sensational to start the year and one of the probably the best offensive weapon that this Magnolia West defense will have faced so far this season. So, can Richmond Foster take care of the football or will Magnolia West once again come up with those big splash plays? And key number three, no margin for error. So let's take a look at District 10-5A Division 1, because I think it's one of the deepest districts in the state of Texas. I think you've got four playoff spots up for grabs for seven playoff caliber teams. It's that deep. Not only the two teams in this game tonight, but teams like Friendswood, Manville, Angleton, Fulcher, and Magnolia off to fantastic starts, and I think capable of crashing the playoff party. Now, Magnolia West lost their first game of the year last week, and it was a tough one. They lost to Manville, so that's a district loss. That hurts them. Richmond Foster's off to a 3-0 district start. This is a critical game for both of these teams to take command of a playoff spot, where that is certainly not a guarantee. So, with a lot of pressure on in a game that's just in week six, who can handle it the best? Who am I picking? I'm going with Foster. This team looks like the real deal. And running back Ashton Ojaku, I think, is one of the most dynamic running backs in all of Class 5A. He has been spectacular. They're throwing the ball pretty well as well. And then it goes back to that defense. I mean, this defense has been lights out. And I'm just not sure Magnolia West can keep up stop for stop, let alone score for score. For Magnolia West, I do think that the biggest key for them is to keep this score low. Lean on that defense, which has been very strong. They're going to need a couple of big splash plays, a couple of force fumbles, uh, an interception or two, things like that. I think they need to be in the plus territory in the turnover margin, because I do think this is a Magnolia West team that has an opportunity to make a run. This game, I think, is pretty close, probably within 10 points, but I do think that Richmond Foster comes away with the win. Let's go to the big country, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Stephenville, the 78th meeting in the Battle of 377 as the Brownwood Lions take on the Stephenville Yellow Jackets. Great rivalry matchup here. Stephenville is complicated. The number one team in 4A Division I has been rolling offensively, even with a backup quarterback. I think Ryan Gafford has stepped up in a big way. Running back Tate Maruska has been a star. This offense is hitting on all cylinders. Their offensive line, my goodness, they're so good up front. This offense, mwah, really, really good. And then there's the defense. And the defense has given up more than 44 points a game to start the year. That is third worst in all of Texas high school football among teams with a winning record. Their defense has been, plain and simple, pretty poor. Now they're taking on a Brownwood team, that obviously big rivalry aspect here, but this is a Brownwood team that I think is really balanced and really rounding into form. Last week against Wake O'Connolly, they shut down a high-flying attack in a big way. Their defense has been sound all year long, and I think their quarterback, Ike Hall, has stepped up in a big way. Great dual threat back there running Sammy Burnett's offense. A lot of emotions in this game, right? I think Brownwood's offense is good, but they are not Stephenville good. They are not 
able to, I think, hang in a shootout with Stephenville. They need to lean on their defense and get some stops. The other thing to know about Stephenville is they have a knack for the moment, okay? They have won a couple of last-second thrillers already this season uh, because kind of they've fallen behind and then their offense has roared back. So if you're Brownwood, you got to make sure that you are comfortably ahead before you start thinking about taking your foot off the gas. This game, of course, will be a lot of fun. I do think Stephenville's offense is going to be too much. Give me the Yellow Jackets. Let's go to Fort Worth, 7 o'clock Friday night at Farrington Field out there in Funky Town. It is a matchup of surprise unbeatens in District 4, 5A, Division 2 as the Fort Worth Arlington Heights Yellow Jackets take on the Fort Worth Wyatt Chaparrales. And yeah, surprise, these teams are undefeated. And what a story Fort Worth Wyatt has been to start the year. They have been winning on the margins in a very serious way. They've got two one-point victories and a three-point win in their four games this year. They have been been really dominant defensively, led by Zachariah Mitchell, their linebacker. They have been very, very strong defensively. Offense is kind of, you know, coming along, but the defense has been very, very good. Arlington Heights is going to have the superior offense in this game, led by running back Brian Furch. But in the end, this is a game that's going to be dictated by pace. For Arlington Heights, they want to get out and run. Get the ball to Tymir Bisco on the outside, their star wide receiver, and let him run loose. Get this game into the 30s and beyond, because that's not where Wyatt wants to live. They want to keep this score low, like win this game 14-10 low. So really interesting dynamic uh, contrast here. Uh, I think I lean towards Arlington Heights, but it's going to be a fun one out there at Farrington Field. And 7 o'clock Friday night at Warhorse Stadium in Divine. It is another match of unbeatens as the Divine Warhorses welcome in the San Antonio Davenport Wolves. And speaking of unbeaten, surprise unbeatens, San Antonio Davenport's undefeated to start the year. The first year varsity program has been terrific to start their young existence. And Coach J.D. Zimmerhansel has done a phenomenal job with this program. And, by the way, they got that dude. Running back Shaston Golden has been terrific to start the year, averaging 213 yards and three touchdowns on the ground per game. He's been explosive. Going up against this divine team, that their defense is their calling card. Led by Ethan Santos, he's also one of their top running backs. They want to keep the ball on the ground. This is one of those teams that their offense feeds their defense, their offense goes on long, sustained drives, and their defense gets rested on the sideline. If this game does get into a defensive slugfest, can can Davenport go stop for stop with Divine? That's the real question here. It's a fun matchup of unbeatens, but I do give the slight edge to the War Horses. But those are far from the only big games in week six of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. Send Dub the Coyote. I like Wichita Falls over Graham. Give me Sunray to take down Roscoe. And I'm going to go with Wall to get by Mason. Stanford beats only in a battle of unbeatens. I like Santo to stay up perfect with a win over Munster. And Highland Park gets by Dallas Jesuit. Give me Palmer over Blooming Grove in a battle of unbeatens. Give me Marshall to take down Hallsville. And I like Shallowwater over Pecos. I like Joaquin over Garrison. Give me Honeygrove to take down Alba Golden. And San Antonio Taft beats San Antonio Warren. I like Jasper over Hampshire Finette. Give me Flatonio over Thorndale. And I'm going to go with San Antonio Johnson over San Antonio Brandeis. Edgewood gets by Grand Saline. I like Cy Fair over Jersey Village. And San Antonio Veterans Memorial beats Lockhart. I like Colleyville Heritage to win the Battle of the Red Rail over Grapevine. Give me center to take down Rusk. And I like Round Rock to beat Round Rock Stony Point. I like Bushland over El Paso Riverside in a matchup of unbeatens. Give me Brownsville Veterans Memorial over Donna. And I'm going with Rockwall to stay hot with a win over Mesquite Horn. 
I'm going with Brownfield over Muleshoe. Give me Brackettville to take down Savinal, and I like Refurio over Three Rivers. I like Bay City over Navasota, Pottsboro over Mineola, and give me Port Arthur Memorial to take down Crosby. I like Newton over Anderson, Shiro, Lorena bounces back with a win over Little River Academy, and Cowboy Fight never dies, but I like Louisville over Coppell. Katie gets a scare, but they beat Katie Jordan. Stockdale hands Pearsall their first loss of the year, and I like Galena Park North Shore to stay perfect with a win over C.E. King. I like Frisco over Sherman. DeHanis takes down Charlotte, and unbeaten El Paso Bel Air? Believe it, I think they beat Hanks. I like Columbus over Madisonville. Coleman Blue Cats beat San Saba Armadillos in the mat mascot matchup of the weekend and give me Clear Springs over Clear Falls. I'm rolling with Canyon over Andrews, Bremond over Winthorst, and give me Austin Vandegrift to take down Maynard. Angleton beats Fulshire in another big District 10 5A Division I showdown. In our six-man game of the week, it's a huge one. I think Benjamin survives Lorraine. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week six of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. Craven Betts, here our weekly financial advice uh, segment. I probably got to stop saying that because somebody might get very mad at us. It's not financial advice, but this is uh, your college football gambling segment with our college football insider, Mike Craven, here in Craven's Corner, because on this corner... We make money. And we've been making money. We've been making money. I was about to say, it is financial advice. You get more return on this than stocks right now. 100%. Stocks. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, you can, I don't want to say you can take this to the bank, but... Uh, you're on a heater right now. Mm -hmm. a lot of, on a little bit of a heater. I want to say three and one on last week's uh, uh, Craven Bets pick. Yep, three and one on last week. I think I'm 11 and six overall on this show, like 22, 11 and one, and the written preview that comes out on Thursday. So we're uh, we're rolling so far, and it's good to have success early. Yes, because then you're playing with free money. You're not catching up. So it's yeah, been, it's been good so far. And it's it's good to have success early because then we don't have to sell people to keep watching. Right. Segment. <laughs> right. So uh, good job by you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank let's you. find out what Craven's thinking this week. Pickle. Let's go to a Big 12 battle here as TCU taking on Oklahoma. Craven Betts is taking the over on 67 and a half. Pointsy. Yeah, Oklahoma has something to prove this week coming off that Kansas State loss. I was at the TCU-SMU game, and that TCU's offense is really good. Max Duggan playing excellent. They have some wide receivers. The running game's going. The problem for TCU is that secondary's not that great. So I think Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma you know, score 30, 35 points. I think TCU scores 30, 35 points. We get up to about a 70 total here between these two teams. Yeah, the, the thing on the TCU offense that really impresses me, I mentioned this on TFT earlier this week, is that they're running the ball effectively enough that they're no longer asking Max Duggan to do everything, to just oh, go win us the game. And now it's like Duggan can throw the ball 26 times a game and, and be really effective in that regard. And so, yeah, the balance there is impressive. And that Garrett Riley offense functions on easy completion for the quarterback. It's a quarterback-friendly offense, mm -hmm. just like Lincoln Riley's offense is, right? And so Max Duggan's going to get good, th easy throws. He's probably playing his best football of his career. I, I do think this one's pointsy. All right. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we go over to the SEC, Mississippi State and Texas A&M. Duking it out, you're taking Mississippi State minus three. Yeah, first, they can't keep doing this. First trip, yeah, they can't keep getting away with it. Uh, the uh, first trip out of the state for them, too. Yeah. You know, Mississippi State's going to score points. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mike Leach, you know, offense is always going to score 
score points. They got a good wide receiver. Actually, a pretty good running game. A decent defense at Mississippi State. Something we don't think about with the Mike Leach team. It just feels like this luck is going to run out for A&M. They can't keep winning these close games. You know, like last week, they got lucky with the field goal going off the top of the goalpost. Anaya Smith is out, so that offense is going to take another step back. It's on the road, as you mentioned, first time out of state. Max Johnson with his first out-of-state start. It just feels like eventually this offense and the lack of scoring, the lack of explosive plays is going to catch up to A&M. The defense can't just keep playing lights out every single week. Well, and especially against, you know, because their defense has been great, but we talked about how it feels like, especially in that second, in the second half of pretty much the last three games, you've seen that defense wear down. Yeah. You've seen it. The, the, those two, three-yard carries start becoming four, five-yard carries, and Mississippi State's going to stand on the gas in this game. Yeah, A&M's only running 53 plays a game on average, oh, which geez. is worse than FBS. They've only been in the red zone six times, which is also worse than FBS. So you're putting a lot of uh, plays, a lot of snaps on that defense week in, week out. What's next, Pickle? Up next, back to the Big 12 we go. Texas Tech Red Raiders taking on Kansas State. You are going the under here at 57 and a half. Uh, the Texas Tech under. This what, is a, gonna, what a time. What, a time. <laughs> what I'm about to say is going to shock people. Yeah. These are mirror image teams. Ooh. Texas Tech is more like Kansas State than the Mike Leach Texas Tech right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Donovan Smith is going to run the ball a lot. Uh, Thompson, Brooks, those guys are going to run the football a lot. We all, we all know Kansas State plays really good defense. The Texas Tech defense has been outstanding. Yeah, they've been really, really good. And so I, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, something like 28-24 or something in that. Okay. That's, I, this might be the first time in – Dave Campbell's history that anybody sat here and said, take the under on Texas Tech. I was going to say, I, that's why I made sure to go through the graphics again because I wanted to make sure that I read that right, right. when you sent it. <laughs> yeah. if, this was, if this was Iowa State, Kansas State, and Iowa State had, was Texas Tech, right, this, this would be like a 51-point over-under. Yeah. But Tech has that reputation, mm-hmm. and so it gets a few extra points. This isn't that Texas Tech team. Yeah. And so... They're going to play some defense. They're going to have to keep this one close. And Kansas State's defense is excellent. Yes, Kansas State's defense is excellent. Uh, last week, the, last week, I think you know the, the the scoring totals is not necessarily impressive against Oklahoma, but I thought they played really well defensively, all told. What's the final one? Uh, two more. Actually. Two more. Never mind. Yeah, you're getting a bonus pick this week. We'll start off with this one though. Looking at Conference USA, UTEP versus Charlotte. We're going over on a 51 and a half. Now wait a second, Michael. Last week you were sitting here, <laughs> sitting here telling me to short UTEP, and I was right. <laughs> I think people are this is such a bad game, right? Like Charlotte's yeah. one of the five worst teams They're in the very country. Bad. Like FIU, Charlotte, Colorado, I mean Hawaii, like Charlotte is that bad. UTEP beat Boise State last week and did it with a recipe that was that can be used week in, week out. Gavin Hardison wasn't asked to throw the ball forty times. They ran the football, they were more efficient in the passing game. Charlotte's defense is really bad. UTEP can be gotten on the defensive side, too. I think this ends up being 28-24, just because both teams are so bad. This feels like it's going to be a more of a scoring game. 51 is a low scoring point for a college game. Like, yeah. It's a low total over and under. We're gonna, I think everybody's getting on this like UTEP's offense is a very good train, which I agree with, but it's too much of an overreaction. We're going to go the other way this week. We're going to zig when they zag. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's do the last one. I was going to say, you're getting an extra one here. We're going staying in Conference USA North Texas, plus three over the Owls of FAU. Oh, go ahead. Kick up the pickle. I, you know, I took North Texas to cover last week in the written article, and they did, you know, even though they lost. Like, this is good a better. Good teams cover. Good teams cover. <laughs> and pick sixes don't travel. 
You know, like, yes. I, I don't think FIU scores two defensive touchdowns against North Texas. I don't think Austinani plays as bad. I think the running game's better. I think North Texas wins this game outright, honestly. They're at home. Uh, FAU's not very good. Yeah, this so. is that's that's the thing for me, is that, like, with a team, the reason I would agree with you on this is is one of my, you know, mantras is you don't ask bad to do good. You're asking FAU to go on the road and beat a team by more than a field goal, like a team with a pulse. I'm not saying North Texas is great, but they're they're not they're not lunch mean. Yeah, and conference so, USA stinks. Exactly right. And so so these are just two conference USA teams. And so yeah, I would I would be inclined to just kind of take the margin and be like, all right, yeah, I'll take a little three and just see if see if they can keep it close. And over the last couple of years, when North Texas is counted out is when they play their best football. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's a lot of negative energy from the outside headed towards the locker room there. I think this is one of those Seth Latrell bring everybody together, us against them. Let's start Conference USA, throw everything else that's happened, and let's go win these football games. Last year they were able to do it. I think this year they're able to do it as well in college. And as bad as uh, as bad as FAU is at home, they're especially bad on the road. Yep. Like almost always. <laughs> okay. We'll find out. It's Craven Bets here in Craven's Corner because on this corner we make money. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Uh, WTF coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. We're talking Piney Woods. So our first trek out to East Texas. Yeah. That's your Yeah, that's your, yeah, your people. Yeah, we're going to Sam SFA this weekend. Yeah, it's right. Piney, Piney Woods, Woods party here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, that's right. You're going to the last battle of the Piney Woods. Last battle of the Piney Woods. TexasFootball.com. There's, a, I think, what is a good story I, that with, uh, <laughs> with some quotes from the head coaches. So. Can yes. Confirm. Yes. Uh, Colby Carthel. This is going to stun you guys. He was on one. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Mike Craven and Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Helpful Honda Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today.